Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Just Think, the podcast, the podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We want to challenge you to think. We are three women that come from across the political spectrum who really do hate partisan politics, but started to realize in the divide in this country, we could be united in seeking the truth. So we are three friends that as we pursued trying to figure out what's actually true, not the spin, not the rhetoric, not the propaganda, what is actually true, we found we were very united in finding that and seeking that and finding that and sharing that. And that's where you come in. We're inviting you into the conversation. Um, we always say diversity of thought is welcome hats or not. So <laughs> if you want to be a part of our conversation, we would love that. Um, we love civil, polite discourse that is based not in emotion. It's based in fact. And I can't think of a better person to bring the facts to our podcast today than a real life, very experienced doctor. On the podcast today, we have Dr. John Murphy. And John, we were connected with, to from our friend, Anna. Anna shared her story on our last podcast, and she actually mentioned her uncle doctor who advised her in a, a COVID protocol that has helped many people, including myself, recover from COVID. So we're going to talk to John, not just about COVID, about the entire medical system, and we want to bring you information, resources that you can utilize to stay well, stay healthy. So this is Holly Brewer. I'm joined by... Amy Ludwig and Kristen Ludwig. <laughs> and Dr. John, we welcome you to the podcast as well. Thank you for joining us. Will you tell our audience a little more about you and, and your, uh, your experience? Yeah, I sure will, Holly. I, uh, thank you for inviting me on. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, you know, I am um, kind of Medicare age, if you will. <laughs> <My sister. laughs> So I've been around a while, and in fact, you know, the first 20, 25 years of my career was as, as, as by the book as it goes. You know, like I said earlier when we were br briefly talking before the podcast that, you know, I learned that medical model very well. And that medical model involves, you know, patients coming to me, and, and I felt like, boy, I'm getting better and better when I'm, you know, 30, 35, 40 years old. I'm really getting good at this stuff because I know how to take a symptom, headache, abdominal pain, rash, uh, you name it, body aches or some, some, some weird neurologic twitching, numbness, something. Okay, you call it a symptom, call it something that bothers me. That's this entry point into the medical model where I, or the detective doctor, is, as we'll call me for now, would decide, okay, you got this. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and, and examine the parts that I need to examine and then put all that information I've learned in all those schooling years and put it together. So we take a symptom, we make a diagnosis, which is really another word for naming it. Okay. Headache, let's name it. And then for every diagnosis, there is a drug of choice in the medical model. So headache from hitting my head with a hammer, now I know why, but I can take some headache medicine and I don't have to quit hitting my head with the hammer. <laughs> but basically, it doesn't matter. You basically make a diagnosis from the symptoms and then you have a, a drug of choice. And that was me for the first 20, 25 years. I mean, five to 10 minutes in and out of rooms, you know, the bean counters were telling us doctors, no, you got to see 35 patients every day. If you want to have your salary, uh, you go less than 30, we're going to cut your salary. So the bean wow. counter, the um, managed wow. medicine, 
health maintenance organizations began in the 90s, late 90s, telling us how many and what to do, what to see. But it was all following this medical model. And I came to realize as my charts started showing more medical problems, you know, diagnosis, diagnosis, diagnosis. And then the other side of the chart, drugs, 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 pharmaceutical list, drug, list of drugs were getting four, five, six, seven, eight drugs a month long. Now, people were not getting any better, I finally realized. They're just being managed to the point that their symptoms don't bother them. But I wasn't getting to the root cause. And that's what got me out of conventional medicine. I didn't know what was causing my patients the diagnosis. And I was just putting them on a drug, you know, a pain pill, you know, to stop the pain, not that I find out and stop their lifestyle changes or ask them to make modifications. Just Anyway, I, I, I began looking at it. In fact, the very first thing that happened to me was between 1997 and 1999, I mean, the very first thing that happened to me to get out of this um, conventional model was a, a friend of mine was diagnosed with breast cancer and she had done everything right from from chemotherapy to surgery to radiation. And 16, 18 months later, everything was back worse than it was before her treatment. And treatments then didn't work. And here this young lady is essentially being told, well, you're dying of breast cancer. And we all thought how sad that was because I'm still a conventional medical model kind of thinker. But then I watched her somehow uh, get out of the medical model and into a let's correct the underlying cause dietary choices lifestyle choices she made those changes and she's still alive 21 years later today wow. I just wow. gave love it love oh. these stories so, so these stories started coming to me and, and and people started coming to me and 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 i knew that there is a higher power simply because these things happen in threes and everything when it happens in threes it's almost like you know Yes. Great creative spirit is telling us, hey, God is, is with us in sending you this message. This is how this is what you need to be learning. Take a look at these three cases and put the thread between them that's woven in them. Yep, oh. absolutely. John, I mean, this is exactly I, and, and we all three, we won't go into that now, but we've done a former podcast. It's called What the Health, if you want to go check it out in our library. But all three of us had stories exactly like this, where we realized that in Western medicine, they were going to treat our symptoms, but they were not going to be able to identify in the in the current model, what was at the root of the cause. And we just started to realize if we could get to the root, then we could actually truly heal and not medicate the rest of our lives because that was the other option was to stay medicated forever and with that come side effects and 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 those kinds of things and so you decided to transition so you were an md uh, internal medicine is that what it was that's correct uh, actually i was board certified pediatrician board certified internal medicine so what we call med peds but okay. i for the medicine part of it i mean yeah. i i say that pediatrics is wonderful but I don't like, um, I, I never enjoyed doing routine, you know, developmental testing and vaccinations and just, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out child, you know, gets, you know, test to see if they're speaking, test to see if they're crawling, test to see if they're, you know, taking, you know, foods and things like that. The whole De Denver developmental process, I just, it just got mundane and boredom to me. I'm, I'm much more of a problem solver. I love to solve, I'm that nerd in the math class that used to like the word problems. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it so you were practicing and then you have this moment it came in threes you have experience seeing people heal themselves from things that the medical the current medical system says you're you're dying 
you know, there's no, there's no hope. You found that this was not necessarily the case. So then when did you make that move and say, okay, I'm going to pursue, what does this holistic approach look like? Yeah, so between 97 and 2001, I was um, very much, um, actually between 97 and 2000, I was very much learning these things, reading um, books by Deepak Chopra and um, Andy Weil and, um, and others who were uh, kind of the shoulders of this uh, integrative medicine that I'm standing on. Uh, as I was reading over that three-year period, I, I've, it became clear that what I was being led was exactly where I needed to be led and where I had been led was merely just to placate or manage people and their drug lists were getting longer and I wasn't solving any of their problems, just making them feel better, managing their illness or so-called diagnosis, you know. Now that we put a label on you, I'll manage your label. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I, as, as, that, as those books that I were, was reading, it came to the fact that there is usually toxicities. There are, um, you know, thought disorders, which are, you know, us putting um, too much credibility in our own thoughts as opposed to our own consciousness, which I'll talk about maybe at another podcast, but there's a difference between our thoughts and our consciousness. And that's all the health. We could talk about that one day. Yes. We love that. <laughs> I can't wait. We are definitely having that conversation. <laughs> Sorry, really? go ahead, Dr. John. Our mental health will correct itself if we quit thinking um, that we're, um, well, if we quit self-criticizing and self-sabotaging. Yeah. Yes. Oh, reach. Preach, preach, preach. Okay, yeah. Oh my gosh, we're good. He's gonna be a regular on this podcast. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so you moved into that more holistic approach. How did your patients respond to that, or how did your oh even more so? How did your colleagues respond to that? Well, you know, my colleagues, um, you know, they were all about um, uh, Murph. Don't go there. Don't go there. You're gonna become a quack. You're gonna be a quack. Don't go there. So they they responded negatively. They thought I should just stay in the country club uh, practice of medicine and and really you know uh, just keep on prescribing drugs because that's all they're doing in their mind but my patients loved it and I was the one who early on got a little bit ragged about it all because I realize now I'm still trying to see as many patients as the bean counters had me seeing but I'm also trying to address you know um, disorders that are holistic mind body spirit nutrition and toxicity related and, and, and you needed, did you need, so you needed more time with the patients? Is that kind yes, of we're okay. up, uh, coming home a couple hours late with, you know, lots of notes that I had caught up on and everything. And so I was, you know, really running myself ragged, but my patients were loving it because they were getting to hear the things that they felt were important to them, not just what drug to take. Right. Exactly. And I think that's, I think we've all, I mean, all of us on this podcast, I've felt that experience of when a doctor's actually listening and you don't feel like you're a part of the cattle call and you don't feel like you have just now entered the system where they spend that five to 10 minutes with you, write you that prescription for the drug of the month or whatever it is. And then you're out the door and it just never feels like you, it's just a very different experience. So when you have that now, so I, my current MD now is just like you has moved into that holistic practice and she spends an hour <laughs> with you when you need to see her. It's a very different experience, isn't it? It is. I also want to point out too, just real quick, like I was an ER nurse and I think also it, of course, I'm in that realm of like quick fix, you, you know, they do come in, you know, you throw a label, you throw a medicine, you fix them or whatever. But I think also patients, uh, the public has gotten used to that quick fix. 
some of them, like we are searching for the root cause and we want to fix what's going on. We do, but a lot of people just want that quick fix, but then they don't realize that that's causing another problem. That's causing another problem. And, and so I wish that people would, it, it's like an unlearning on the other side too, right. you know, it's harder work where to, we can appreciate the yeah. doctor actually sitting there talking and listening, but it does. Yeah. It's work. It actually takes work for you to actually be healthy and do the right thing, you know, instead of just slapping a medicine on or something. Well, it, it takes personal responsibility. Right. And I think that's what I'm sure Dr. John, you were like, that's what you're trying to help people understand is you're going to have to do your part in your own healing. Right. Right. That's exactly right. And so it is actually our responsibility, but many times in the medical model, patients give away their, or see, or try to give away, even though it, you can't actually do it, but patients will give away their responsibility. Oh, the doctor gave me a, pres- a, a pill, so I don't need to worry about how many eggs and cheese I eat. My cholesterol is going to come down because of the pill or whatever they would say, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it is being responsible. And so now my latest uh, book is Caloric Responsibility, which is a great little read by a fitness expert. Okay, tell me about this. It's called Caloric Responsibility. What's the name of the book, Dr. John, just so we can have it? Caloric Responsibility, that's correct. Okay, got it. I'm just starting it, so I can't really comment fully on it, but it's a great, to me, it seems to be very much um, along the ways of of thinking nutritionally from um, the standpoint of where we need to be going. Okay, so now, John, you're in Arizona. You're in Tempe, Arizona. And so we know we have listeners from all over the place, Australia, Canada, United States. If what is your best advice to, to, to people today? If you are not well, what do you suggest? What are some, some pieces of advice you can give? Because you've sat on both sides of this now. In order to get their best chance at being healed, what is your advice to them? Well, you know, the, it, it, it's in the short run and the long run. So I think that in the long run, the best advice is to... Um, to recognize, I mean, first of all, recognize that our thoughts are uh, not our consciousness. They're just a, like a whiteboard we're working on that day, okay? Because our thoughts themselves can be, oh, I'll never get over this. I'm getting sicker by the day. And, and, and our thoughts can actually lead our immune system away from healing as opposed to, you know, I know my body is a self-healing mechanism. I've never cut myself and it didn't heal fully. Have confidence, take responsibility, keep the wound clean, keep it covered, and it heals. I didn't have to, you know, when I was born, I had a I had a belly button. I mean, I had an umbilical cord that was cut. I didn't have to go to kindergarten to learn how to heal that belly button. It healed itself. So we have innate physical health. We know that. And something I think we're going to talk about in another one is we actually have innate mental health, but that takes a little bit longer to discuss. Right, right. These things are self-correcting. Unlike the automobile or the or the toaster oven or something like that that has to be repaired by somebody else our bodies actually have made within them healing mechanisms that, that heal each and everything uh, you know assuming we get what is essential in our diet and assume we don't put in their toxins that would get in the way of what's essential right. absolutely absolutely and then let me ask you let me ask you this too um let's say as we know a lot of people having this experience uh, you go to your doctor, you, you're in the, you're in the modern medical system, you go to your doctor, you, ha- you have something going on, something about what the doctor <clears throat> says, you have either a question about or you don't, you, maybe you don't even agree with, maybe you're like, for example, I had a digestive issue, I was told by my doctor to just take proton pump inhibitors the rest of my life, I said, that doesn't feel, I, I just feel like cutting off my 
my stomach acid forever is a bad idea. And she's like, well, it just might be what you have to do. Okay, so if you have a situation where you question your doctor and the doctor just kind of has the response of, hey, I'm the doctor, listen to me. What, what's your suggestion for patients? What, what should they do at that point? Well, I think a second opinion is what most uh, doctors and people would say, but um, I think we must have um, some confidence and faith in ourselves and in our own intuitive nature. Yes. The first thing Absolutely. we, if, you know, connect these things, you know, the thinking is not fully separated from the physical being and the emotions are not physical or are not at all hardly separated from the thinking. And, you know, you can say that, you know, mind, body, spirit, whatever, but it, it really is true is, you know, we don't live in a world where the body is one place and the spirit, spirit is another and the mental field or the head or the brain or whatever is somewhere else. It's all connected together. And so we need to utilize it and recognize that everything you know, overflows onto the other and, and they all work together. They don't work separately. We all, we walk together as one body, though we embody a physical, mental and emotional and spiritual um, energy. And that's called spirit or energy or whatever you want to call it. You know, in the old days, it was called spirit, but we do have electricity associated with our thinking, with our heart functioning, with our muscles functioning, you know, electricity is healing. That's how, how the healing nature and its ultimate is, is with um, chemistry and, and electricity. But in the meantime, I think we need to put ourselves together as a whole being and, and think as much as we can with um, positive affirmations that I can do this and then look into what is causing, like, what am I not getting enough of? Maybe it's just, you know, in the, in the 20th century, all the diseases that were cured, I mean, by the word C-U-R-E-D, cured, were diseases of nutritional deficiencies. You know, we didn't know about vitamin b1 b2 b3 b6 b12 etc etc and um and what as we discovered them and found out that people had absorption or dietary issues related to them then they were corrected by getting enough of that food or that enough of that nutrient and we didn't we no longer had scurvy we no longer had pellagra that we no longer had beriberi you know you name it we no longer had diseases of deficiencies once we discovered the nutrients and so now we're looking at the United States with more medical technology than we've had in our history. And yet for the first time in what, a hundred years, our life expectancy has dropped and we seem to be sicker than ever. Dr. John, in your experience, why is that? Madison Avenue. Yep. Money. Did you say money? Did you say money? <laughs> <laughs> We, we, we early on marketed Wonder Bread as wonderful. No, that's just the label on it. It's not truly wonderful. Right. And, you know, once we depleted the grains in order to give them shelf life, we took away the nutrients. And, mm -hmm. and frankly, the other thing is the absurdity that medicine already knows all the nutrients. Well, we've already labeled every vitamin. Baloney. <laughs> we, we, we know there are nutrients that are still in the plant world that we don't know about. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Do you see the pharmaceutical industry being the number one lobbyist in Washington, D.C., but double from the second largest one? Um, do you see a role that that has played in maybe not just helping us have help, but has it contributed perhaps to our sickness? Yeah, no, I, I, I know, um, you know, uh, Amy and Kristen are, will probably recognize this, but, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is what teaches doctors after doctors graduate from medical school. Now, everything else that's learned gen generally comes from somebody saying, look at this new, you know, cephalo wonderful drug or, um, you know, some other drug. It, fix it cures headaches, you know, 
well, whatever it does. But, you know, the, the point being that the drug industry educates doctors, gives us pens, gives us, um, you know, trips, or at least the way they used to. Now the rules have gotten much better as far as tightening down, you know, that sort of crap. But, you know, it used to be you got pens, you got free, you know, everything you wanted, trips, and, and you would start prescribing their drug. And I was early on in the 1990s, very early on in, describe, in prescribing these cholesterol-lowering drugs to just about everybody until I found a few people whom it really caused a lot of problems. And then I began to question that whole cholesterol-lowering pill drug thing. But I was being taught by the pharmaceutical uh, representatives who did a great job. I mean, they were really on to me and they knew how to how to track me they always brought a pie or cookies so my front desk would let them back and you know they always brought lovely pens that you know had you know lovely features and whatever in order to impress the the, the child in me to get the adult in me to prescribe their drug oh well, now cool. it's like now it's donuts and beer for anybody to take uh, <laughs> like, even though they have um they've put more restrictions on, like you said, the trips and like that kind of the going out to dinner and stuff. Like, I don't think they can mm -hmm. even do that anymore, but it's almost like the damage is done though. Like, mm -hmm. you know, with people who have been in that medical model system, the doctors there, if you were used to that and you were used to being taught by the, you know, pharma, pharma industry, then you can't just undo that so easily. I don't know. I have a question for you. Um, uh, this is Kristen talking. Um, it's harder and harder. Okay. There's a couple things. Number one, I know you did, we deal with patients who have like done just the Google doctor, you know, where they think they know just because of what they've Googled. Okay. At the same point in time, just because you don't have a, a nursing degree, a medical degree, a doctor, you know, anything like that does not mean that you're not smart. I mean, it doesn't take a degree to read studies and to find the facts and to find to find the truth. So I think a lot of people automatically discredit you if you don't have all of these little labels behind your name. But at the same point in time, I'm, I, I want to ask you where it's harder and harder to find the truth, where we're seeing fraudulent studies and things going on. And everybody will say, you know, you know, they say, according to the CDC, according to the FDA, according to this, according to that. And the FDA just threw a freaking horse up on their site, you know, saying not to take ivermectin because we're not a horse. So whereas it, they, they, FDA approved this drug for humans, not for COVID, but for other things. Okay. So it's insane that this stuff is happening right now. So, and then I have people who, you know, the, the haters, well, they'll say that all the experts agree. I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. Who are so, the experts? Like, why are we putting, who, who chooses who the experts right. are when everybody, you know, everybody has access. Well, not everybody has access to all of the information because a lot of it is suppressed. But when you're searching for it, the people who want to find it can find it. Okay. Where do you find the truth? How do we, I mean, how do we know who to trust? Why are people like you who have been in on the other side, you know, in that the typical medical system and transitioned, why are holistic, you know, physicians, why are these people who actually are looking at the whole body and finding the root cause and truly healing people? Why are they called, called the quacks? Yes. Why are they called the quacks? I hate that word. Uh, well, I, I've just come to um you know, to um, enamor that word. I just call myself, I, I do high quackery now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, um, it goes back to, you know, what uh, Holly, and I, I mentioned to Holly a bit ago, that, and that is that I think we all have a um, intuition and a, a sense that's deeper than, than, than the, you know, reading on the paper or the reading on the Google site or whatever. There's a sense within us. And I think second opinions are valuable. Uh, opinions of um, 
other other types of healthcare professionals, you know, holistic nurses, I think uh, nutritionists and dietitians, but largely I, I, I feel that we are um, uh, being largely censored. Yeah, that's the, the truth. And, and, and it's censored because of an agenda, but we're not really so privy to the agenda until we step back and follow that intuition, which I have that there is an agenda or a narrative, whatever you call it, and it has to do with controlling and removing somewhat the freedoms of choice that people currently have in order to usher us into a more of an enslavable or enslaved um, method of operating, you know, whatever Klaus Schwab said, you know, you'll own nothing and you'll be um, happy you own nothing you know you'll rent your car you'll rent your house you'll your social system, uh, status will be based on how you comply with your government regulations etc so i think that there is an agenda that's not um we're not all privy to but that is probably following somewhere along the world economic forum and some of the other stuff and i'm not trying to get political i'm just trying to say that yeah. i think there is behind a lot of this and um you know I, I, um I don't want to go any further on that. Well, no. I <laughs> well, listen, we're going to have a whole conversation about what's happened currently uh, in the second part of this podcast, and we're getting so we're getting ready to go into that. In just a just a few, and you guys will have to tune in to hear that. But um, but there is, we do feel we're with you, Dr. John. It appears to be. I think um, the evidence continues to point toward there being some some reason why. And there is a there's a there's something going on there is an agenda going on that is trying to silence people who have a medical opinion that is not following a narrative and it's very puzzling but before we get into that before we we start that podcast let me ask you this the costs you know are the, the healthcare system insurance all that has has been a high topic of conversation a very popular topic of conversation for years and years and years and i know for me when i switch to um, like a payer system where i just I have an insurance that uh, if I have a, I have a, 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 you know, I've got the money in the bank for a high deductible, but then I kind of just pay out of pocket and I find I get better rates that way. Um, but the cost of medical care is expensive all the way around. Do you have any advice to our listeners um, as to how to navigate that? And, and it especially, I know some people might say, well, I don't want to go see this holistic doctor because my insurance doesn't pay for it. But is there something you can elaborate? For me, I just say, well, I would rather pay this amount of money, make to, you know, pay this amount of money and get better care. But do you have any advice around that? Because I do feel like that's a question a lot of people will have. Yeah, and I think we are um, in the in a time where where it's a bit of a storm. Things are changing. Uh, doctors like me have been moving away from the um, prescribe a drug, get on to the next patient. Um, you know, convention based allopathic medical model. And so there are not nearly enough um, integrative holistic doctors, in my opinion, but there will be. And so a lot of times we're seeking out nurse practitioners who are more open-minded, haven't been so indoctrinated. Uh, but again, you, you still need sometimes the, the higher level of, of, of knowledge and expertise that a MD or DO or, or medical a doctor can achieve, but I think we're going to see that there's not enough supply just now, and it's difficult to find. But as as best we can, seek out physicians who are um, maybe not following the insurance based model because the insurance do, is what actually limits us to five to ten minutes per yes, patient. Sir. Did you guys hear that? He said insurance is what limits them. Remember, they have a number that it, when they're in the current medical system, they have a number of patients they need to see. And it's the insurance that's dictating the care a lot of times. Is that right? 
China. That's right. Well, it, especially with drugs, mm -hmm. because insurances say we will pay for this, but we won't pay for that. And insurances say we will pay for um, sickness care, but we won't, you know, and some, some insurances do, some insurances don't pay for an, a regular every six month or every year checkup for wellness advice and wellness checkup, you know. Yeah. But so, that's the challenge, right? Like that's kind of where we're, yeah. where we're basically insurance companies and pharma run the whole, yeah. run the, run Amy the was saying so essentially, yeah. I said, what I'm hearing is that insurance companies and big pharma run our care. Basically, they, they have the, the doctors kind of their hands tied and they're the ones who run the ship. That's right. And I think they're trying to gain even greater uh, control over it. And so my best advice in this would be to have um, a healthcare savings account that we can use to choose for ourselves who to send that um, insurance money to, or that you know, premium money to, which would otherwise go to an insurance company, and that might mean um, you know a high deductible plan in order to afford to be able to put an extra fifty, hundred, or two hundred dollars a month away into a um, healthcare savings account. But that gives us some autonomy over how our healthcare dollars are spent, and that could be used for holistic doctors who maybe are not accepting the insurance plan we're under. So that makes sense. So what you're saying, um, basically, John, uh, is you're blipping out a little bit for us. Is it oh, us? Is it, I blipped it? out. Did I blip out? I thought it was him. When he, I, I, heard it it. I heard it. I think it's you. I didn't know if he was moving around. Yeah, no. Okay. I think, I, I, but but okay. let me let me just ask this too. So so basically the the insurance, what you're basically saying, John, is if you cannot be dependent on the traditional insurance model, uh, then your then the doctor that you're seeing might have more autonomy in your care because it's not being dictated by that insurance company. Is that right? That's right, yes. Um, you know, doctors are, are not stupid. And in fact, it generally comes down to the fact that um, we're told what we can and can't do. In fact, the funniest thing happened, the patient came in to see me for a, a, a regular checkup and he was, um, told by his cardiologist, he'd seen a cardiologist um, uh, about uh, six months before me. And he said, um, you know, he went in and he had his, his blood test and it showed high cholesterol. And the cardiologist said, here's your prescription and, and you know, examine his heart and sent him on the way. But before he left the room, he said, doctor, aren't you supposed to tell me to change my diet and watch my lifestyle and incorporate exercise? That's what it says you're supposed to do when you're prescribing this cholesterol lowering pill. And the doctor said, no, what he nobody does that anymore. Doctors don't do that stuff. It's just, you know, boilerplate paperwork on the, on the, but nobody bothers to tell people what to eat or not because they don't listen, you know? And it was to me a lot BS because I do tell people what to eat and I cheerlead for them in order to help them to incorporate it into their life. Yes, I love that. Okay, one last question and they're gonna wrap this part up. But I, I have to ask you, in medical school, are, were you taught, now I know it's been a while, it's been a, little, it's been a minute since you've been in medical school, but were you taught about any, anything about medications or vaccines? Is that something they're teaching doctors in school? Or is that, like you said, the pharmaceutical companies come in post-graduation and teach all that? Yeah, I think mostly it's the pharmaceutical uh, representatives come in and, and teach that after we get out of medical school. I, I had a little bit of nutrition as part of biochemistry class, but it didn't really give me nutrition. It just helped me to define vitamin A, B, C, D, E, whatever. And it didn't really help me to know. It, it said, what are the deficiency syndromes? But 
then when we got out of medical school, you know, our, our senior residents, when we were learning said, now forget all that crap you learned in medical school. I'll show you how to practice medicine. You make a diagnosis based on a symptom and then you have a drug of choice. Don't try to make it any more complicated. You'll, you'll, you know, drive yourself crazy trying to fix people's problems when all you got to do is manage them. That is that's it. (laughs) And I think that's a good place to press pause because we got more things we got to ask Dr. John for sure, especially about what's happening right now. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Listening to us, Dr. John, we could talk to you literally all day long. We are fascinated (laughs) by what you're sharing. And honestly, what you're sharing is what we suspect and we've heard and seen anyway. So thank you for the confirmation. And again, guys, it's Dr. John Murphy in Tempe, Arizona. If you're in Arizona, I would definitely, he would be my doctor. I can tell you that right now. Um, but definitely check him out. And John, thank you. We'll continue this conversation on part two, where we're going to go after that C word a little bit. Again, we can't get away from it. We'll see you guys later. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>